May grace and peace be multiplied to each of you this morning in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Happy New Year! Well, today is New Year's Day. It's also the first Sunday after Christmas, and it also doubles as our commemorative occasion of the naming and the circumcision of our Lord Jesus Christ. For our meditation this morning, we focus on St. Luke's second chapter, verse 21, the shortest gospel reading that I've ever had to read on a Sunday morning, but full of so much this morning. We ponder these words again in our hearts and at that, the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. As we begin 2023, together we do so, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, just only a week ago, does it seem longer than that? It does to me. So much packed in to a week when you've got Christmas Day on a Sunday and New Year's Day on a Sunday, two big weekends in a row. Just last week, we celebrated with the angelic hosts on high and the shepherds watching their flocks by night as we beheld the nativity, the birth of our Lord Jesus in the manger at Bethlehem. Today's event, that short reading further in Luke 2, follows right on the heels of those shepherds coming to the manger to worship the Christ, the newborn king. Today, we're going to narrow our focus. We're going to really bring it down, bracket it in, and go granular on what would be an easy-to-miss little passage in Luke 2 that we could quickly hurry by about Jesus being brought for his circumcision and fulfillment of the law, which is so richly expressed in our theology, and for his naming, a really big moment for us. This small passage is going to do a lot to frame where we're headed in the next few Sundays in the church here. It's going to help us transition from the Christmas season, which Merry Christmas, it's still Christmas. The Hallmark card, folks, have told us to move on and think about Valentine's Day or whatever the next big thing is we've got to spend money on. But we're still in Christmas, guys. Slow it down. We're still very much in the 12 days. The 12 days start on Christmas Day. We forget that. It's not a lead up or a countdown. This passage today about the circumcision and naming of Jesus is going to provide a great transition for us today as we finish out the Christmas season to this Friday when the day of Epiphany begins on January 6th. starts that Friday. By next Sunday, we'll be deeply into Epiphany, which is also part of Christmas tide, part of the time of Christmas, but now the season of Epiphany will follow. I always like to summarize Epiphany. What happens there? Okay, going all the way back to the beginning of the church here in Advent, we prepare for Jesus to be born. We look to his first coming. Simultaneously, we look to his second coming as well. That theme is through Advent, throughout all December, as we prepare for Jesus' birth. Then at Christmas, he's born. We rejoice with the angelic hosts, with the shepherds, with everybody gathered to our Lord's birth. Then Epiphany becomes, okay, he's born. Who is he? Who is this Christ child? And it's all about unfolding who he is. Then Lent becomes, okay, now we got a sense of who he is. What's he here to do? What's his task, his purpose, his mission to fulfill? And then Holy Week kicks off. At the end of Lent, we get into the events of that last week of our Lord's uh, life at that time uh, with Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and the resurrection on Sunday. And he does what he is here to do. Your friends in Christ, that's 
the whole festival half of the church here in a brief little summary, a little exum up front, a little abstract of what it's all about. So we're going to transition from Jesus being born to who is he. And today plays a pivotal role. Epiphany progressively reveals who Jesus is. And that's going to start today, kind of, with the circumcision and naming of Jesus. And then over the next few Sundays, some of those traditional themes of Epiphany are going to be things uh, like the Magi. Don't forget, the three wise men will be parked over here away from the manger scene. They're not at the nativity yet, right? They arrive later. January 6th, we pay homage to them coming and paying uh, homage to our Lord. And that's part of the revealing of who he is, a big, a big part of that. Another theme is going to be also Jesus, the boy Jesus at the temple, unpacking the wisdom of the scriptures for those gathered to him. Also Jesus' baptism. And then finally, Epiphany will culminate with that big moment of the transfiguration, Jesus on the mountain really being revealed, light showing through and showing us who he is as he prepares for his mission for us. Dear friends in Christ, before we get there, we have to back up. We have to think about those who God selected in the Old Testament. I think back a lot in the chaplain corps, we talk about um, a concept called privileged communication. It's also a form of protected confidentiality. And we do a lot of training with that, how to handle critical, unclassified information, also personally identifiable uh, information, HIPAA stuff, all these close hold things. They, oh, they got these acronyms like CUI, PII. Did we handle those? Did our chaplain assistants take messages confidentially to us from those we're trying to help and provide care to? And so also, we look back at the Old Testament. The prophets of old were our Lord's conduit. They were his trusted listeners that he would deliver his confidential communications. His privileged communications to um, were given to them. Sometimes those prophets were instructed to share that information. Sometimes it was kept secret. Sometimes it was kept secret to be opened up later on at, a, at the right time. Sometimes it was given to be announced and amplified far and wide so that the whole world could hear. Sometimes those prophets were given proclamations to make. Sometimes God did hold them to kind of what we would call a divine non-disclosure agreement, a sacred NDA. Sometimes it was keep it close hold, not yet, but later. And so, dear friends in Christ, seven centuries before the birth of Jesus, God has a transmission to make. And he gives it to his privileged communicator, to Isaiah the prophet. He gives him a, a message to broadcast to the widest distribution possible, the widest radius as possible at that time, right from the get-go. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep dark darkness, on them the light has shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name, his name, shall be called Wonderful Counselor. His name shall be called Mighty God. His name shall be called Everlasting Father. His name shall be called Prince of Peace. So already 700 years before Jesus, the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, we have this important proclamation and an emphasis. Did you catch for emphasis how much Jesus' name plays, will play into the fulfillment of this prophecy? This privileged communication is given to Isaiah and proclaimed by him that a special child with a special name would bring peace to his people. Although this 
sacred communication, this divine message through the prophet would have possibly sounded like some kind of secret code to the people who first heard it, still they listened intently, still they waited year after year, century after century, across the seas of time, across the ages, they waited faithfully. So fast forward to the events that we commemorated starting back in Advent, culminating on Christmas Eve and then on Christmas Day last Sunday as well, God selects another conduit of his sacred privileged communication. He selects St. Mary, the mother of our Lord, for his sacred correspondence. God, through the angel Gabriel, discloses divine, close-hold information to Mary. Among the top secret, the highly classified items that are delivered to Mary are how her holy child will be named. His name is important and central to that, the angel Gabriel says, right from the get-go. The angel says he'll be called Jesus, the Son of the Most High, who will save his people from their sins. What a special name. What a specific and powerful name God gives to his son, Jesus. His name is unpacked by what the angel Gabriel says. He gives you the definition of Jesus. His name itself means he saves. The angel Gabriel is showing Mary and us that the full work of Jesus' work for all of humanity is sort of encoded in that little name, Jesus. It's in there in all its fullness. We could say that Jesus' name is a one-word summary of his mission, his task, his purpose. His name means the one who was sent from God to save his people from their sins. That means to remove anything that would separate us from the love of God and from one another, by the way, as well. Pause for just a moment. Reflect on that for just a moment. Let that sink in for a moment. Don't quickly pass that by as we get ready for bigger, more exciting events in the calendar. Think about that for a minute. The one who takes away our sin, that which would divide us from the love of God, anything that might be. This means God is telling us something very important in that simple naming of Jesus. God is telling us that Jesus brings light, life, and salvation. Light is going to be a big theme for us in the season of Epiphany. It's no mystery that it falls in the northern hemisphere in the darkest time of the year. We are waiting for the sun to come back. It can be gloomy and dark, not so much in Arkansas, but if you live somewhere like Seattle or Chicago or in the northeast, you're ready for that sun to come. You're ready for that groundhog to come out, right? Tell us that there's no more winter coming. Epiphany for so many years has been a season of light shining forth because Jesus is literally the light of the world. This also means that Jesus comes to draw us closer to God and to one another, never just about that vertical axis, us and God, but also that horizontal look left and right to our neighbors, our friends, our family, yes, our enemies too, left and right. God is telling us something very important in the naming of this child, Jesus. His name reveals the full knowledge of God to us in a little summarized form. His name delivers the love of God to us, dear friends in Christ. And then in, with, and through the name of Jesus, God saves us from our sins. Something seemingly as small as Jesus' name proclaims all that. Something as small as Jesus' name proclaims all that he was born to come to each of us so we may have life to the fullest and to give us joy 
in our love together as our sins are forgiven, never just me alone or you alone, but together, a cleansed people. Something as seemingly as small as Jesus' name has all that encoded, packed into it. What an epiphany! Amazing stuff! What a moment of revelation! Dear friends in Christ, as we begin a new year together, let us not forget another moment of revelation. Another one, just like this little passage in our gospel that we quickly may hasten through and forget about. Now it's just an entry in an old Bible somewhere. Let's not quickly pass by that. Let's remember, dear friends in Christ, that at the moment of our baptisms, we're baptized not just by, but into the name of Jesus. We are marked by God our Father. He calls us His. We're His own children in baptism. We're given our true identity, who we are to be for him. Dear friends in Christ, a lot more happened to us at our baptized, at our baptism than this just a ritualistic washing, just an ordinance that we got to fall in with and, and do. Check that box. This is what we should do. It's not about that at all. That's not what happened. Each one of us has a special name that God gave us through our families, but also at that font right there, that one there or wherever it was. It happened to me in 1970 in Inglewood, California not too far from SoFi Stadium. That's where my great uncle Charlie, missionary and pastor, baptized me in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. God put his name on me through my great uncle Charlie. You have your own stories about that as well. Most of us probably can't remember them. All you got to remember is that it didn't stop. It's not just a one-time event. Something happened. In our baptism, we're given names that tell us who we are. They tell us a formula of how we are to remain in Christ Jesus. There's something going on in our baptism through Jesus' name, being born and being baptized into it. He calls us so that he can give us life to the fullest. In baptism, we receive the light of Christ to fill us with life and love and joy. When we hear a baptism take place here at Grace, listen to those words. They're for all of us, not just the, the baptized. And you'll hear that language clearly. Brothers and sisters in Christ, during this Christmas tide that we're in, there's so much love. There's so much joy. There's so many things to remember and be thankful for in your families and also in the church. Here we remember the gifts of Jesus in his name and the gift of our own names because they go together. God the Father put them on us through Jesus in our baptisms. I know it's all kind of connected, right? What does this mean for us today? Today's a special day. That's January 1st. It's a privilege and an honor and a responsibility to be before you here today as you launch a new year, a new 365 the slate is cleared chronologically for us to take on a new year. Goodbye to 2022 and whatever, whatever travails it brought, right? As we begin 2023, let's remember that all these gifts, they don't have a shelf life. They don't have an expiration date. They're imperishable. They go with us forever in perpetuity. Ad infinitum, whatever you want to say. Today is day one. Day one of 365 whatever the next 12 months have in store for us, whether darkness or light, whether prosperity or poverty, whether, whether sickness or health, whether joy or sadness, whether security or threats from all sides. For the next 52 weeks, what does that mean? It means that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, dear friends in Christ. That's good news on January 1st. The name of Jesus wasn't just invoked once, brothers and sisters in Christ. It wasn't just brought out one time at our baptism. Seal the deal. Our baptisms are continuous. Our baptisms are perpetual. And guess what? 
Ooh, our baptism, our, our baptisms are regenerating. They regenerate us. They cause us, they cause the new man or the new woman to rise up in us and fight the good fight daily. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a dog in the fight. We would have no way to take on the challenges of this life alone. And so the name of Jesus, dear friends in Christ, is not just send button boop, at the end of our prayer. Prayer to God, petition, hit send, name of Jesus, boom. We don't hit that at the name at the end of our prayer to God the Father in Jesus' name. Though we do that, it's not wrong. But it's not all it is. It's not just a send button for us to put the icing on the cake of our prayers. We come into 2023 with much more than that. We come in shielded by the name of Jesus, shielded and protected from sin, death, and the power of the evil one, these hostile forces that are all around us at all times and in all places. That means we start 2023 armored by the name of Jesus against anything that would frighten or alarm us, produce anxiety, make us nervous or worried about things. Dear friends in Christ, we're armed with so much more than that as we head into 2023. To be marked with the name of Jesus, to be baptized in the name of Jesus is to be joined with him. That's good news for us because whatever we endured in 2022, whatever comes through that door, Today, in the next 365 days, in 2023, we are armed, shielded, protected, regenerated by, with, and through the name of Jesus, which we were baptized into at our baptisms, dear friends in Christ. And so, as we prepare our hearts and our minds to remain and abide with Christ through the sacrament of the altar, which we'll receive shortly, we proclaim together, we prepare for that, and let our proclamation be that song for us that we dug into earlier in Advent and Christmas, the words of St. Mary, the mother of our Lord. Our souls magnify the Lord. Our spirit rejoices in God our Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servants. For behold, from now on, all generations will call us blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for us. And what? And holy is his name. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.